The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. I want to welcome you if you're new. I know we have a couple of new faces, or if, you're, um, if you've just been coming the past couple three weeks, I want to welcome you, and I hope you feel welcome. And one of the things that we want to talk about and what you'll kind of see today is this idea that when you come into this gym or when you come um, over to one of our homes or we meet at a coffee shop or something like that, like we just want people to feel welcomed. We want Neighborhood Church to be a place that is, that is extremely welcoming and inviting and inclusive. Um, so if you've been hanging out with us for a little while, maybe you've been hanging out with us since the beginning, since March when we were meeting in Dave and River's home, um, you will hear three words, three words that we use a lot. And um, hopefully if you hang out with us a lot longer, then you'll start using these words as, as well. And these words are the words be, bless, and belong. So we're going to do something a little different. Let's be a little interactive. Look at your neighbor and say be, bless, belong. <laughs> no, you can say it to me. We're taking a test afterwards. Be, bless, belong. So December 4th, Dave preached on being a satisfied child of God. And for us, that idea of being is this idea of like finding our identity as children of God. So if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, if you have received him, then the Bible tells us that we've been adopted into his family and therefore we're children. So this idea of being his satisfied children. And then last week, Dave talked about blessed to be a blessing. And so that idea comes from since we have been adopted into the family of God and God is the king of kings, like we have an inheritance that's inconceivable, uncomprehensible, or incomprehensible. I couldn't figure out which one was right on dictionary.com. We've got incomprehensible. We've got an English teacher in the back. Incomprehensible. So we have an inheritance that is incomprehensible. And so that means we have been blessed greatly and therefore we can bless others and we want to be a blessing to others. And this week what we'd like to talk about is this idea of belong. What does it mean when we say belong? It's this idea of inclusion, of welcoming, of uh, like a, just a warm environment where people can feel included no matter what path they're on what journey they're on, where they are. And so these, are, these three words are the heart of, of Neighborhood Church. It's our identity. It's what we breathe in and breathe out. It's just, we want to find our identity in God. We want to bless others, and we want to we invite other people into the family of God. So as I was thinking, I wanted to, as I was thinking about how can we talk about belong, I was thinking about the life of Jesus. And what I want to do today is I want to tell you guys a story about Jesus. And if you're in a neighborhood group or a Sunday night dinner, you probably heard me. Um, you've probably heard me share this story before, but the, the same thing was true in Jesus's day, and everywhere you see Jesus, you see Jesus creating this inclusive environment, and so I want to look at the life of Jesus and show you how Jesus included people who were excluded. So the title that I've named this is Jesus Including the Excluded. Let's say, let's, let's say to our neighbor again, Jesus Including the Excluded. Jesus Including the excluded. Would you guys pray with me, and then we'll open the word and um, have a good time. Father, thank you for um, thank you for this Christmas season, this time where we can remember that Jesus came to this earth um, and just lived a perfect life, the life that we couldn't live, in order to give us the life that we don't deserve, and to die the death that He didn't deserve, in order to give us this new life. 
Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for friends. Thank you for family. Thank you for community and just our neighbors. Thank you for your word as well. And we pray that you would just um, open our hearts and open our minds, that you would encourage us and challenge us today. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me know if you are familiar with this story. Many of you have kids. Have you ever had a kid come home from school? And if you don't have a kid, then just put yourself in when you're in grade school. So just imagine coming home or your kids come home from school and you know that one of the kids just had a rough day. Eyes are puffy, heads down, doesn't want to talk. You're like, hey, what, what happened today? And he's just like, I just, I just want to go to my room and clean it. I just want to go do my homework. He, probably, he or she probably doesn't say that. <laughs> but he goes to his room, or she goes to his, her room, and um, you don't see him for the next while. You're probably playing video games or something like that. So dinner time comes around, and everyone gets at the dinner table, and, and everyone's kind of sharing about their day, like what happened and stuff like that. And you're still trying to prod it out, like what, what happened? Why did you have a bad day? And he's just sitting there. He's all quiet. Like Jimmy just... Jimmy just never picks me for his team, and every time I do get on his team, he just passes it to his other friends. Or the story could be, you know what, I wanted to play kickball. I wanted to play kickball with the fourth graders, but they wouldn't let me because I'm in third grade. This, no lie, this just happened out in this hallway right here. <laughs> One of the kids came up to me, and I told him, I was, I'm not going to drop his name, but I was like, I'm going to use that. He's like, they said no kids are allowed to play, just older kids. And he came up to me, and he was so mad because he was excluded. But as humans, like, we have this, we have this sense where, like, you want to go over to Jimmy's house and talk to his parents and be like, you better, like, have your boy pass the ball to my boy kind of thing. <laughs> like, we probably want to do that. But, there, no, there's this idea of, like, I don't want my kids to be excluded from anything. And we, too, as, like, a culture, like, we don't want to be excluded. We always want to be included in stuff. And this word included just basically means, like, be a part of the whole, like, be joined to the whole. And so there's many different ways that we're excluded, many different ways. So there's socioeconomic status, like how much money you make. You're not part of that, you know, country club because you don't make enough money. Or, like, educational level. Like, there's all these things in our society that, like, build walls and exclude people. It could be race and gender, and we've seen that, like, over the past 10 years. So there's all these different things that exclude people, and people don't feel included in. And we get upset. Like, have you ever been to a Bible study? Like, someone's inviting you to. Maybe you don't study the Bible or know the Bible that much. But everyone's, like, talking about Bible things, and it's, like, pfft, like way over your head. You're, like, well, I don't even know what any of those words are. And there's a sense, like, I don't want to go back because I didn't really feel included. Like, no one asked me my thought or my opinion. But as human beings, like, we always want to be included. Like, we don't like being isolated and excluded. And the same was true in, um, in Jesus' day. Would you go with me to John chapter 4? John chapter 4, that's page 888. So there's these Bibles underneath your chairs as well. If you don't have a Bible, that's our gift from us to you. And not only because it's the Christmas season, but that's just our gift from us to you. We want you to study the Bible and love the Bible and read the Bible. So put your name in it, mark it up, write in it, give it to a friend. That's our gift from us to you. So John chapter 4, and it'll be up on the screen as well, and you can... Um, read it on your smartphones or tablets. John 4, and we'll start in verse 1, and we'll read to verse 15. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, 
he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. Let's pause real quick. And he had to pass through Samaria. So if you just picked up one of those Bibles, highlight that, underline that, star, circle, do whatever you have to do. Verse 4, and he says, and he had to pass through Samaria. We're going to come back to that, but that's like a really, really important verse, and that really like stuck out to me this week as I was reading this. Verse 5, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's about noon, 12 o'clock. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You can underline that verse, too, if you like to underline verses. That's a really good verse. Jesus answered, verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of living water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So in this passage, you, can't, you don't really see it like first off, but there, in verse 9, you kind of tell that this isn't a normal encounter that Jesus is having with a woman. And it's like, well, what is going on? Like, she says, how can you, a Jew, like, ask me a question? How can you, a Jew, ask me a question? Because I'm a Samaritan woman. The thing is, Jesus directly and intentionally goes to Samaria. And during that century and during that culture and during Jesus' time, Jews hated Samaritans. They hated them. It wasn't like, I'm a Chiefs fan, you're a Raiders fan, we don't like each other. It was like straight up hatred. The thing was, if you read the Old Testament, in, in the Old Testament, the Samaritans were Jews that were basically half-breeds. They married pagan cultures and they weren't pure Jewish. So the Jewish people were like, no, these people are dirty. They're, they're Mixed breeds, they're half-breeds, they're not pure Jewish. And the other thing was, is that they had this kind of form of worship. Like, they're like, well, we worship on this mountain. And the Jews were like, no, we worship on this mountain. And they believed different things about the Old Testament. And so there was just like this huge tension. There was actually a point in Jesus' life when a religious leader calls Jesus a Samaritan. And it's basically a derogatory term. It's a dirty, filthy term. Like, this is not... This is, again, this is not Chiefs, Raiders, or Chief Bronco kind of thing. This is like back of the bus. This is different classrooms. This is different water fountains, like raw racism. But Jesus, Jesus interacts with the Samaritan. So one of the ways that Jesus, or this woman, is excluded, and I have three up here, she's excluded for being a Samaritan. But not only is she excluded for being a Samaritan, but the verse says in verse 9 as well, it says, how can you, a Jew, ask me for a drink, a woman of Samaria? 
she was a woman. She was not only excluded for being Samaritan, she was excluded for being a woman. So in that culture as well in the first century, it was male-dominant, male-driven. Women basically hung out in the back room of this house and weren't to be heard and weren't to be seen. Like they didn't even go to the marketplace. They didn't go to the marketplace to buy food. That was the man's job. And so Jesus, in a culture where women are supposed to be silent and in the back, Jesus is engaging this woman. And she's excluded, but Jesus is engaging this woman and inviting her in to drink of this living water. So not only is he excluding a woman, he's excluding a Samaritan. And finally, if you read down in the passage as well, he starts to find out and he says, hey, can you bring your husband here? And she's like, well, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right in saying that. You've had five husbands and the dude you're sleeping with right now is not your husband. So she's excluded for being a Samaritan. She's excluded for being a woman. And she's also excluded for her sexual history. So there's all these things pushing back. Yet Jesus intentionally walks into Samaria and he invites her into this new way of living. He invites her into this living water. He invites her into being a part of the family of God. Before I go on, one thing that, like, is just super, super interesting and something to think about is, like, everywhere the gospel, that is the good news about Jesus, the story that we talk about a lot, everywhere the gospel and Jesus go, every neighborhood, every town, every city, people who are excluded, people who are low on the totem pole, as we would say it or something, like, those people are always invited in and included in by Jesus. So everywhere the gospel in Jesus goes, there's going to be a sense of welcoming, inclusion, and invitation that Jesus gives. So she's excluded for being a Samaritan. She's excluded for being a woman. And she's excluded for her sexual history. Again, Jesus including the excluded. Let's say it again to a neighbor. Jesus including the excluded. So Jesus is living and walking an exclusive life. So what happens when Jesus includes this woman? What happens? In verse 39 through 42, that's on page 889 of your Bible, 39 and 42, it said, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed with them two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this indeed is the savior of the world. What happens when Jesus includes this one woman who shouldn't have been included? She goes back to her town and all these guys come out. And they all hang out and invite him, and he's invited them. And, they're in, and he stays two days with Samaritans. Like, Jews don't stay with Samaritans. Jews don't stay with Samaritans. But Jesus is hanging out for the next couple days with these Samaritans, having meals with them. Like, he, they had to have eaten some. <laughs> like, it's two days. So he's having meals with them and hanging out with them. And so this is one thing. You got, if you take notes and you write things down, this is something, as I was reading, that just, like, really, really popped out to me. If you could put it up on the side right here. Living an inclusive life not only impacts a neighbor, but it impacts a neighborhood. Living an inclusive life not only impacts a neighbor, it impacts a neighborhood. So Jesus intentionally steps out, reaches out to this woman who normal people wouldn't reach out to. And because of that, 
the whole entire neighborhood is affected. The whole entire neighborhood believes and is welcomed into the family of God. We see that because in verse 42 it says, and many believed for themselves that he was the savior of the world. So they, they received Jesus. They, they, were, they received this invitation that he gave to be children of God. So, so we see that as Jesus steps out and is intentional with this one woman, it affects the whole entire neighborhood. So I'm just thinking, like, as we try to love our neighbors, like our tagline is loving God and our neighbors together, like just one neighbor, like one neighbor, we can infect, and, oh, we, infect we can infect, yeah, with love, we can affect and infect a whole entire neighborhood. So one, one brief example is um, my new roommate, he was interacting with my neighbor Ian, the other day, and they were talking, and like some of you know, and come and hung out with me and my neighbors and played board games or just whatever. We've done a bunch of just random things. But Ian's like, it's so cool because like I'm getting to know all these different neighbors. Like there's just like this welcoming environment. And it was just because I was like, hey dude, let's get some coffee or hey dude, you want to come play Battlestar Galactica, which we still haven't played, but he wants to play. But it was just like me stepping out, and because of that, more neighbors are coming and hanging out, more neighbors. Like, I got a text last night when I was hanging out with some friends from my neighbor Katie. She's like, are you and Steve home? Because I'm making cookies, and I want to know if you want some cookies. And that was just me stepping out and, like, helping her move something once that we've created this relationship. So, so as you impact one neighbor, living this inclusive life, you can always impact more neighbors. So another thing that stuck out with me, and I told you to highlight this in verse 4. So let's go back to verse 4, and it's up on the screen. And he had to pass through Samaria. This is, this is good. This is real good. Like, I was reading, and I was like, what am I going to say? And it's not, well, God, what do you want me to say? And he's just like, as I was reading this passage, I was just like, oh, this is, this is so good. It says, and he had to pass through Samaria. Did Jesus have to pass through Samaria? No. Jesus was a religious rabbi. He was a Jew. He didn't have to pass through Samaria. In that day, if you were a scribe or a religious guy, like you would actually not, like you're trying to get from here to there, and Samaria is right in the middle. Samaria is right there where that stand is. Like you didn't go through Samaria. Like you didn't do that as a Jew. You took the long way around because you had no dealings with Samaritans. So Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. But the Bible says Jesus had to go through Samaria. Oh, this is, this is really good. Let's put this up here. This is so good. This is so good. Including the excluded always requires intentionality. Including the excluded always requires intentionality. As I was reading, I was like, Jesus... Why did he have to? Because he was intentional. He was on a mission. He wanted to include the Samaritan woman and include her whole neighborhood. So he had to be intentional. To us as human beings, this is not easy. This is not natural to, to be intentional to people. What's natural and what's, what's, what's my go-to thing is like, okay, after work, I'll go home. I'll shut my door and I'll like watch the Chiefs game, maybe with a friend but that's about it. Like, not with my weird neighbor. Like, I'm not inviting him over. Like, Roy and Carol Ann, they're pretty old, and I've, I've tried to have some conversations with them. 
And I probably should invite him over kind of thing, you know. But it's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some intentionality because our go-to is like pulling back, especially in this socially connected network of a world where like we're so connected yet we're disconnected to our neighbors. Like it's going to take some intentionality to love our neighbors. Like Jesus had to go through Samaria. I have to walk across the grass and go meet my new neighbor, Krista and Zach. Like, I had to do it. Like, they're, they're not going to come knocking on my door and being like, hey, Eric, would, um, would you like to, like, have dinner and hang out with us? Or can we come over to your house and tell you our story? Like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen at all. Like, we as Christians, we have to be intentional to be inclusive. So living an, inclu- or living an inclusive life, including the excluded, will always require will always require intentionality. So not only does Jesus include this woman, this Samaritan woman, she's a Samaritan, she's a woman, and she has a bad baggage, some nasty sexual history. But Jesus includes so many other people. This is just a small list that was, I got off the top of my head as I was reading. Samaritans, Gentiles, women, tax collectors, spiritually unclean, sick, blind, the lame, the outcasts, demon-possessed, mentally disturbed, prostitutes, and children. These were all people that were looked low upon in the society and probably are looked low upon in some of our societies. But Jesus included these people. Like one of Jesus' first disciples was a tax collector, and tax collectors were Jews that worked for Rome, and Jews hated them. They were thieves. They were greedy. It was like Rome said, hey, you have to go... You have to go receive this amount of taxes. And these tax collectors that were Jews were basically traitors. And they'd be like, well, Rome says i got to collect $20 this month. I'm going to charge $30 and pocket the other 10 So all throughout the world, tax collectors were known as sinners. And the religious leaders hated Jesus for this because he interacted and he included and he had meals with tax collectors. And you'll see this with so many other people that Jesus always includes these people. Jesus including the excluded. Let's say that one more time. This will be the last time we say it. Jesus, including the excluded. Jesus, including the excluded. So as I think about this Christmas season, this Christmas season, not only did Jesus include all these different types of people 2,000 years ago, sometimes we feel like it's disconnected. But the reason Jesus came 2,000 years ago was to include you and me and our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. The reason he was born into this world and lived a life was to include you and include me, to include us. The Bible says that we have been born into sin, that we are born into this kingdom of darkness. We are, we, are an enem- we are enemies of God. We are hostile with our fist up, maybe the middle finger too, towards God. And that's what our bent is, the Bible says, that we don't like God. We don't like that he's king. I'd rather be king. And the Bible says that we've been separated from God and that there's, there's enmity. There's, not, there's no longer peace between God and man. But the Bible says in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, 13 and 19, Ephesians 2, 13 and 19. It'll be up on the screen. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. He's broken that exclusion, that wall of exclusion. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. It might reconcile us, that means just bring us back into right friendship, both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we, have, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and all throughout the Bible that Jesus came to include us, to bring peace, to break down those exclusions that separate us from him. So two quick brief applications as we close. Two quick brief applications. Number one, if you've been kind of like wrestling through Christianity, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a Christian, then, then the call today is like receive the adoption of sons, like receive this free gift. Receive that Jesus is inviting you. The, the thing is, we are the Samaritan woman. We are the tax collectors. We are the poor, the lame, and the blind. And right now, Jesus is calling out, and he says, receive this living water. Receive this gift. Be born into my family. Be brought into my kingdom. So if you've been wrestling with that, like the Bible says, like today is the day of salvation. Like believe that. Receive that. Be a part of the family of God. Join us. You might be like, well, well, how does that happen? John 1, 12, we'll put it up here. John 1, 12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We're not, we don't have to do any sacraments. We don't have to do um, any, like, good deeds or go serve at this homeless shelter or whatever it might be. Like, the only thing to be a part of the family of God is receive that gift. It's just opening your heart up to that and receiving it. It's not about like how much good you've done in your life or how much you've helped needy people. It's just receive this gift. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to work for me at all. Just receive that. So today, if you've been wrestling through that, receive. Receive that gift. And if you'd like, like during communion or afterwards, you can talk to myself or, or Dave or anyone else. I'll be in the back. But the second simple application is for those of you who... Um, have been born into the family of God, are children of God. So what do we do? My challenge is like this, this semester, or this semester, I just got out of school, so that's why I'm saying this semester. But this, this holiday season, this Christmas season, like be intentional on how you're going to include someone. Like sit down with your family this week Sit down with your family during Christmas and be like, who's that neighbor that I need to include? Who's that neighbor that I need to bake some cookies for? Whatever it might be. Sit down with your family because inclusive community is always going to require intentionality. It's always going to require intentionality. So my challenge for us and the one person that I need to is Roy and Carol Ann. Like, I need to reach out to them. I need to be more intentional with them. And I'm going to be thinking of ways like how can I reach out to them? Do I bake some cookies? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm still thinking that, and I'll take ideas, too. So, if you have not received this gift of eternal life, if you've not been born into the family of God, like, 
Today's the day to do that. Today's the day to believe in him. And if you have been, know that you've been included. Know that you've been included in the family of God, and therefore you can include others. So as I close, I'll just, I kind of just want to share one thing. Is this idea that Dave talked about be, like our identity is found in Christ and, and, and being children of God, and this blessed to be a blessing that he talked about last week. Everywhere through Scripture, when you see, like, when we are loved, we can love others. When we have been received, we can receive others. When we've been forgiven, we can forgive others. When we've been included, we can include others. And so, like, as, as we think about this Christmas season, why Jesus came, like, this is a perfect time to bless because we've been blessed, and it's also a perfect time to include because we've been included. God has invited us in. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we just thank you for um, just this Christmas season that Jesus came to a place where um, we were all excluded and we were all enemies of you, and, and yet he invited us into this, this new family, into this new way of living. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection that invites us in to be part of the family of God, to be born again. And we pray that this Christmas season that you would just encourage us and prick our hearts and, and prod us to loving our neighbors well, to including them in, because we've been so greatly included. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.